0: Name's Austin Parkinson. This week, no guest on the pod. Taking a week off, I was gone on the road recruiting. It's the April recruiting weekend. So I was on the road flying all over the country. And uh, now I'm back and settled in. And I uh, want to share some thoughts on the NFL draft this week, uh, a couple other topics. But I also want to share some observations from this past weekend on the AAU circuit. Uh, my, my first observation was this um, each game, you know, hour and 10 minutes or so, the game ends, the clock's winding down. Nobody storms the court quite like a high school girls AAU team when that clock is winding down and it's five four three you've got both teams lined up at either end and when that clock hits zero there's no worry about handshakes there's no worry about clearing the floor it is an immediate court storming for uh, warm-ups two-line layups oftentimes teams sometimes dodging each other to get out of the way so I always laugh because it looks uh, it's a very aggressive play uh, when that clock's winding down, uh, court storming coming your way. The second thing was more of a, uh, something, a uh, disappointment this weekend. I, I saw too many teams uh, playing zone. Uh, I wish there was a rule in play that required teams to have to play man-to-man. I, I think the AAU season serves as a couple things. First of all, it should be fun. That's, you know, I look back at my AAU days and they were some of the best times of my life, some of the best relationships and friendships that I made. I don't think that should change. Um, the second thing is I think AAU is to prepare you for your high school season is to help you get better as a player individually, work on things you need to improve on, and hopefully play against different kinds and sometimes better competition. But then lastly, and then obviously we're there for a reason to help, uh, you know, to recruit these kids is to maybe get a college scholarship and, and have your uh, college paid for. And, and you know, playing on, on the AAU circuit helps that. That's I'm not sure it really serves the kids best interest to play, you know, an entire game of zone Um, from a defensive standpoint. It doesn't allow them to work in their footwork. It doesn't work them in their closeouts. I'm not sure how it really helps them understand and prepare them for the high school season from an offensive standpoint. You know, really, you're working on set shots, you're working on pass fakes, but really eliminates post play and eliminates some of the things that as evaluators, you know, I know I want to see I want to see can a kid read screens? Can they read ball screens? And so so I wish it's something that uh that they would go to uh, and and Make man to man be a requirement. I did see at the Boo Williams tournament they played with a shot clock. I love that. I thought it was great for the tempo of the game. I thought it gave, gave kids an opportunity to get accustomed to that before they get to the college level. I know not every state has the shot clock, so on the AAU circuit, I think it's uh, I think it's a pretty pretty neat deal. Another funny observation this weekend. I was heading out to the bathroom in between games and uh, walked out, saw something I'd never seen before, and it was probably oh nine o'clock in the morning. And there was a team in the hallway. The coach had... A TV, so this was you know 46 inch flat screen TV plugged into the wall, his iPad, and they were breaking down film, either of the opponent or the previous game. Uh, Either way, uh, it was another step in the way we use technology that uh, we're breaking down film in these games, and uh, it was something that uh, surprised me but caught my eye as I walked through. Uh, Another big part for us coaches is the food situation in some of these places. Um, Unfortunately. Unfortunately, I dove into the uh, quality ice cream uh, situation they had in the hallway down in Louisville, back-to-back days. uh, I was guilty. I went hot dog, and then I went ice cream, uh, cookies and cream, ice cream cone. Again, from us uh, college coaches, anytime there's a great treat like that, that's something we look forward to. I remember in Chicago um, at the expo, they uh, they had a good barbecue sandwich a few years ago. So little things like that kind of get you through those, uh, those long days. Another thing I found humorous, you know, from where we're sitting, we're obviously close to the parents, but not, you know, next, you know, right next to them. And it makes me laugh because on some of these courts, you've got to, officials that are being evaluated and those officials are college officials in training and they call a lot of hand checks. They call a lot of the things that they're being emphasized and and judged on. And so, you know, parents are all over them about, you know, the hand checks and this isn't called a high school. And, you know, they don't really understand that they're being evaluated. But on the flip side, you get to a a eight o'clock, you know, game, uh, night game, and you find an official's been working six straight games. And these parents don't understand that these officials are working the same game and I watched one guy he didn't make it across half court to make any calls and I'll tell you what man the parents were all over him and you know again it made me laugh because this guy was on the same court Uh, I'd been over there two games early been the same court all day and you know that's a long you know long day for those fellas and obviously the parents expect a a grade a performance Um, but but it made me laugh another thing I'm starting to see a trend in with uh college basketball and i think it's a real challenge i think it's a real challenge in life Uh, my wife and i talk about this all the time of what the struggles that our kids will go through that we didn't go through and the social media aspect and you know people comparing their lives to one another on social media people getting snapshots of a twitter or instagram life and comparing themselves and how detrimental that can be um, just on a daily basis but even further so now taking it to the recruiting Uh, kids are getting, you know, offers. They tweeted out, their coaches tweeted out, their parents tweeted out. And I feel for these kids because now they're going to have to experience something that, you know, we didn't growing up. I didn't have to worry about that. And, you know, it got me thinking about when, when I played, you know, Kenny Lowe was on my AAU team. I didn't know who really Kenny was considering. I didn't even know who his offers were. I knew at one point he had a Michigan uh, that was interested. I knew Xavier was interested. Um, Ricky, Wright. He ended up going to Villanova. I mean, we just played these games and we had no idea. Now these kids play and they see on social media, you know, who's getting offers from who and what that looks like. And, you know, I can't imagine the difficulties for those kids um, not getting caught up in the comparison game, but also uh, parents trying to, you know, manage expectations and monitor that. And, um, you know, obviously you see some of them, sometimes they get caught up in it as well. And so I think it adds a layer in the recruiting process um, that is a bit challenging uh, i think it's something i'm obviously grateful i didn't have to go through but it's something you're kind of seeing uh, a little bit more, and I think it'll be a challenge for for kids as they go through the process. The last thing from the weekend was, and, and I don't know if the public really understands this, but some of these events are very, very well run and uh, very uh, cost-effective and cognizant of the travel and the teams that come. And uh, For example, the Boo Williams tournament, um, when you go and go to these events, you have to typically buy a packet that has uh, the teams listed, the roster so that you can see who's playing um, and it obviously covers you for, for the entire weekend. Uh, their event, you I think it was 2040, I'm not sure what it was, but they allowed you to buy a day pass and not necessarily get the packet. And so, you know, for mid-major programs, for Division two programs, AI, that's such a benefit because, you know, they're coming and you know, they're coming to watch these games and it allows them to, to manage, you know, their recruiting within their budget uh, in an effective way. But there's other events. There was an event this weekend um, that I was you know, gonna go attend for one game. Um, I was in the same city that I happened to be in. I was gonna go watch. And just to get in, there was no fee that would allow me to pay a one-time fee for let's say $40, $50. They were going to charge me $450 just to come in and watch one game that is you know when you're hearing about some of the corruption in college athletics to me that's a problem it started to get more attention uh, as of late but um some of this stuff uh needs to be curtailed and i really appreciate i know us coaches do appreciate the pro the the events that are uh run and and running away where it allows for um you know a cost-effective manner so Great to be back off the road. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Only one April recruiting weekend this year. and Now it's it's May and uh, June, and then we get right back into it in July. So um, when we come back from the break, I'm going to touch on something that uh, I enjoy. I am a draft fanatic, uh, NBA, NFL. uh, I can't wait. I watched the entire WNBA draft this year, all the way to the third round. So uh, when we come back, we'll hit on this year's NFL draft and uh, talk about the Colts, talk about the QBs and why I would never listen to any offer from the Patriots. (laughs) NFL Draft finally here on Thursday. Prime time. Cannot wait. I've been looking forward to the NFL draft for quite some time. I pay attention to all the mock drafts, McShay, Kuyper, Mayock. I've been watching some of the uh, pro days, Uh, Baker Mayfield. I watched Sam Darnold throw in the rain. I watched Josh Allen throw. So I can't wait. I look forward to it. It intrigues me. Uh, Same thing with the NBA draft. The reason I like the NFL draft for all the mocks, there's always a lot of surprises. Uh, trades, uh, people that are taken unexpected, shifts the order. I think the big thing, though, with the NFL is there's a lot of uh, uh, foolery out there uh, that they may pretend to ignore a prospect only to take him with the seventh pick, uh, or they send off smoke signals on other players. And so... I want to break down some of that, talk about the NFL draft, and I want to start with the quarterbacks. Obviously, this year there's been a lot made of uh, the five quarterbacks that are mentioned, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson what order a lot of uh, teams in the top of the draft need quarterbacks to me I think if you're the Cleveland Browns I've heard rumors in the last few days Baker Mayfield I don't see that Uh, even though I think Baker Mayfield will be a, a solid pro I think his accuracy in college speaks for itself I just don't think you can go that direction after the Johnny uh, Manziel situation. To me, you've got to be safe. I think the safest pick in the draft is Sam Darnold. I do have questions about his accuracy, uh, forces some balls, but at the same time, from a character standpoint, big name program, winner. Um, I just think that for the Browns, they've got to go with a pick that's safe. I don't think they can get too risky here. I know the uh, GM uh, John Dorsey's looking at Josh Allen. They uh, are fancied by the big arm. They drafted the guy last year at Kansas City with the big arm. But I think there's too much of a risk. I have concerns about Allen for a number of reasons. One, you look at where he played. Forget the, the, the level of play. People keep saying, well, you know, he's compared to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was a winner he took his team to the championship he battled back from injury showed a lot of resiliency Josh Allen uh, mediocre record um, and really in the biggest games you know didn't perform the way people expected Um, I compare it to Ben Simmons Ben Simmons didn't win at LSU but Ben Simmons also put on some big-time performances against big-time competition I don't think we saw that from Josh Allen I think he's a bit of a risk I think if you're another team in the draft I think possibly you can do that Josh Rosen, a lot's been made about him. You know, he's a guy that asks why. He asks questions. He's an intelligent guy. My questions are you know, to me, he's more of, you got to have the right fit. You better have the right coaching staff, the right personnel and the right people involved. If you're going to take him and you better not be afraid of somebody that's going to voice their opinion. I think he's the most ready-made. I think he uh, has played in the best pro system. Um, and I think his arm and his accuracy is probably the best equipped to step right in. Uh, if he, if he is even more the competitive side, if his nature uh, of being a Y guy, you know, that could be to his benefit. Uh, but I, I think he He's made for one of those New York teams. You look at the early in the draft, the Giants, the Jets, you know, early in the draft, it would not surprise me one bit um, if he's taken. The other guy that's intriguing to me before we uh, you know, go back to the quarterbacks is Bradley Chubb uh, from uh, North Carolina State. To me, if you look at the NFL, uh, a lot's been made about Saquon Barkley and how talented he is and, you know, he's the best player in this draft and yada, yada, yada. Go back and look at the last world champions. You look at this year, you had the Philadelphia Eagles, you've had the New England Patriots. You look, I cannot name a big-name running back that was drafted in the first round that's carried their franchise that's gone on to win a world championship in the last five to seven years. I just can't do it. You find second-round picks, third-round picks, but what you find, the teams that win the championship have two things. They've got a quarterback, and they've got a tremendous pass rush. You know, and you found some quarterbacks that that they've been able to overcome. Obviously, Nick Foles got hot. You know, the one-year Trent Dilfer led him to a championship. Uh, Flacco was, you know, uh, just okay at times. But you look to me, that defensive end, that pass rush – that's what you're looking for in combination in trying to win a world championship. Now, sure, you can draft Saquon Barkley, he can be the face of the franchise, um, you know, Zeke Elliott, uh, Hurley, uh, Gurley, I'm sorry, at, at, with the LA Rams. You know, you're gonna have success. There's no doubt about that. But isn't the end goal to win a championship? If your end goal is to win a championship, then I think you've got to look at the defensive end. I'm hoping he drops to the Colts, but I think Bradley Chubb uh, coming off the end would would be great. I think the Browns are in a great spot if they can go quarterback, defensive end, uh, pair him with Garrett from last year. I think you're looking uh, at a team that's starting to look like the Eagles, starting to look like the Falcons, starting to look like a, a young Seahawks on the defensive side of things. In regards to the rest of the quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, I think is the one that is incredibly intriguing. If you look at it, I read a great article talking about a lot of these guys went to college and had players to mentor them. Um, Mayfield went to Texas Tech, started right away, transferred, over, overtook um, the, the quarterback at Oklahoma, and started for three years. Never really had somebody to look to, never really had somebody to kind of give him guidance um, from a quarterback position, how to kind of carry himself. And so you've seen some of his faux pas. You've seen some of his thing, the running from the police, you know, that different stuff that's taken place off the field kind of gives you some Manziel feel to it. But at the same time, his competitive spirit, his play on the field, his accuracy, I think, speaks volumes for him as a player. And you keep hearing time and time again, players love playing with him. Uh, They love his leadership. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos take him early uh, with the fifth pick. Um, Although I would say he's very similar in the build and stature to a Case Keenum but Mayfield I think you'll see come off the board the other one that intrigues me is Lamar Jackson and a lot's man-made of you know him changing positions I think that is uh, unfair I think with what he's been able to do at the college level Bobby Petrino uh, and his system you know how is he not a better Deshaun Watson Uh, you know maybe I don't know enough about his character to speak on it but you know Deshaun Watson was beloved two-time you know national champion, participant, one-year national champ. What does that look like for Lamar Jackson? I don't know. He passes the eye test to me. I think if he gets with the right system, it's kind of like in the NBA. If you could go to the Spurs, if you could go to the Celtics, gosh, I hope he goes to a a Patriots uh, or an organization that really has an understanding on how to use his talents. But um, I think you're going to see a team move up in the draft, whether it be the Patriots, the Bills, somebody like that's going to slide up in the draft and try to pick him. As far as the Indianapolis Colts go, I'm hoping they trade the sixth pick. I hope they trade down. I hope they get more picks for it. I love what they've done so far. But I think you go defense, defense, defense. Roquan Smith uh, out of Georgia. Uh, I'd love to have him in the middle of our defense. Uh, He is a savage on the defensive uh, side of things. He's a leader. And we need somebody to kind of take hold of our defense. Uh, But I think they stick with defensive picks. I have no problem if they go offensive line in second and third round to protect luck. But I think you stuck with defense. Defense, and then see if you can get one of those uh quality running backs maybe in the second round uh, i really like the guy uh from georgia uh the second running back i can't think of his name uh, right off the top of my head but you know if you can get one of those running backs the running back from uh lsu i don't think you need to waste uh, a first round pick on a running back and then last but not least is the new england patriots i want to discuss them because i think it's funny they've already managed to get two picks in the first round if Bill Belichick Belichick ever calls my phone, I'm immediately hanging up. When is the last time you looked at the Patriots and go, you know what? Somebody pulled the wool over Belichick's eyes and came away with something better. I I don't know. I don't know who that is. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. To me, Belichick understands the draft. He understands how to get pieces. His magic to me is also in free agency, where he takes guys, uh, Hogan, uh, he takes some of these guys and and really takes them in underrated uh, Amendola, and then they have outstanding careers, and then boom, he cuts ties with them right when they get to a point where either they've exceeded from a salary standpoint or from a talent standpoint they're on the way down so um, I'm anxious to see what the Patriots do do they get a wide receiver for Brady since they traded away Cooks how long is uh, is Gronk going to continue to play obviously he's talked about 2018 but how's that going to be going forward do you provide him with a receiver a Calvin Ridley uh, the receiver for Maryland you know what's that going to look like um, for the Patriots Also, when do you go get your quarterback? Brady can't play forever. Just can't. You know, I'm sorry, TB12, pliability, all that stuff. At some point, the wheels are going to fall off the wagon. When's the backup plan? I can't imagine Belichick wanted to trade Garoppolo. There's no way. Uh, That had to come from higher above. But at what point do you move up in the draft? Do you take the two first-rounders, move up in the draft to get Lamar Jackson? if that's a possibility, Uh, how high will they go? And what kind of signal does that send to Brady? So I'm excited for the draft. I can't wait. Uh, One of my favorite times of the year. I'm anxious to see, you know, kind of what what trades are going to take place this year, a very – Draft heavy class with quarterbacks um, at the top of the class. And I'm always anxious to see some of these mocks. It's shifted around quite a bit. I see Josh Rosen going as low as 12, as high as 4. What's that going to look like? So, got a lot to look forward to Thursday night. My favorite uh, event uh, outside of the NBA drafts, the NFL draft. So, looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks again for joining us this week for a quick podcast. Hopefully, next week we'll be back with a guest. And again, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Parks podcast, Uh, please leave a review and sign up for Parks Podcast on iTunes. Hope everybody has a great week. Enjoy the NFL Draft and the NBA Playoffs.